You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 300, the big three zero zero zero. That was the big crowd that we're recording in front of, the big imaginary crowd. Welcome to episode 300. Sorry if that sounded a bit strange in your ears, but what are you doing now, Gina? Oh, nothing. Can you hear the crickets? Yes, we can. So can you stop the crickets? Thank you. So it's episode 300 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great. Wait, wait. Where's my applause? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Pleased to be here. <laughs> um, I want to make that my um, my alarm every morning now. Cheering. That's what you wake up to, the cheering. That's a good don't idea. You think, don't you think that would be a great way to wake a up? A great way to wake up. Although you might get performance anxiety, like, you know. Of whatever you just did. Yeah, you rise to the occasion every time. <laughs> like you know, you have it next to you. Just have it on your phone, and anytime you do anything remotely yes. good, right? Like you empty the dishwasher. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> get up if on time. If you're uh, listening to us for the first time, this is so you want to be a photographer, where we do talk about photography. But Gina and I are a bit excited because we want to share with our wonderful listener community that we have reached episode three hundred. The big three zero zero. So we're celebrating. Now, if you are are new to this, we usually do have a set topic that we go through or we have an interview with a fantastic uh, photographer that we get some great insights on. But every so often in the milestone episodes like 300, like 200 and so on, we have a bit of a celebration and that celebration involves alcohol. (laughs) <laughs> yes. So Gina and I, we actually record in different states in Australia. So we are not in the same room, although we have recorded several episodes in the same room where we have um, shared a bottle of something or other. So we have separate um, uh, bottles that we are going more can, to drink. So you can hear Gina. Each. You can hear Gina opening hers in the background. I will start opening mine as well. But we want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners, to everyone who has supported us over the last. 300 episodes who have given us words of encouragement, who have asked questions, who have shared their photographs, who we've gotten to know. Um, and uh, and it's wonderful to be able to, to share this with you because the only reason we're still going <laughs> is because we have yes. listeners. We <laughs> also want to give a big shout out to Danny who has left us a message saying, congratulations, 
you, Gina, Militia, Valerie, Koo, and crew are amazing people. I'm so happy you for you and you and us have reached 300 episodes. This group, as in the uh, Facebook group, so you want to be a photographer Facebook community, and the gold community are the two most important groups to me. And I'm so thankful to have found you two on Stitcher when I needed something to listen to and to learn photography. Thank you for everything and here's to many more to come. Thank you so much, Danny. Thank you so much. That's yes. amazing. That's so cool. And very, a, very cool. And a big thank you to everyone else who sent us um, lovely messages of congratulations and support. Before I uh, take my hand off this bottle of bubbles, uh-huh. uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about the gold community that Danny just mentioned, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the gold community. I'm passionate about helping the members of the Gold community. They're wonderful photographers and I love seeing them progress in leaps and bounds. Here's what Lucy Valentine had to say. I definitely have done some wonderful work, but I think that a lot of it was, oopsie, look, look at what happened. I got that great shot and I don't know how. <laughs> and and now, now I have an understanding of how to get the shot. And I am, as you say, you know, I'm preconceiving what I want to do and setting things up so that I can get that. I feel much more in control of the outcome. I feel more capable of saying yes to a lot of different opportunities. And, and I think that saying yes was the very first advice that I took from you. Things that used to frighten me, like d different types of light or even different locations. I used to stick to one outdoor location. They're not even a remote fear of mine anymore. One of the things that I really was lacking before joining the gold community was a peer group and mentors. Being in this group, I feel like these people and you are right next to me. You are so there and available to all of us. Now that I'm getting to know a bunch of the members, it's just wonderful. You know, at this place, you can find your tribe. Me to be able to cheer them on and them to cheer me on. Everyone has everyone else's best interests and opportunities to learn at heart. I'm getting definite value out of this that, I, um, that I'm so happy about. So thank you for that. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, just go to GinaMilitia.com and click on Join the Community. All right, welcome back. Now, Gina, I have a confession to make. Yes. So I have this bottle of champagne in front of me. And yeah. I'm actually quite scared of champagne bottles. And in my life, I have probably opened a champagne bottle possibly once. All right. So here we go for twice, Val. Have you got a fear of them? Yes, I do. All right, well, just sort of hold on to the cork and okay. turn. And on, I'm going to stand a bit away. <laughs> well, here's mine. Oh, oh, my God, okay. That's such a beautiful sound. Okay, hang on. I'm really scared. <laughs> Straight hang into on. the – don't get it in your eye. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got – oh, oh nice work. <laughs> Um, and uh, listen to this. What's that? I've moved up. What do you I've mean? Got better glassware, Val. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well done. All right. Have you poured your glass? I'm pouring. I'm pouring. Okay, listeners, this is for you. Thank you so much for everything that you 
um, do, especially when you send us messages, um, letting us know <clears throat> the the things that you like about the show and um, your favourite episodes and that sort of thing. Are you ready, Gina? Yeah, yeah. Cheers, Val. Virtual clink. Cheers, Cheers. Gina and go. everyone. Oh, hang on. I shouldn't hold <clears throat> on to the bottle. It doesn't make as good a sound. That's better. <clears throat> Oh, yum. Nice. Oh, oh that's yum. Nice. That's very nice. All I've had today is cheese on toast, so mm-hmm. that tastes great. I thought you were going to say all I've had today is cheese because snap, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I love a cheese platter. <laughs> Mine wasn't that fancy. It was cheese on toast, grilled cheese on toast in um, my toaster oven. Sorry if I sound a bit loose already, guys, but um, I've already pre-primed myself. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, and as Valerie said, if this is your first um, listen to the podcast, maybe go back it's and not there are more intelligent ones that we have. Yeah, we don't drink all but the time. We're not only on our loose, milestone episodes. Please don't judge us. Yeah, only in our you know our celebrations. Mm. So, what are we going to be talking about in our? Well, I have to tell you a story 300. before we start oh, okay. this, um, um, because great, we always start. We always catch up with each other. Um, yes. So yesterday, Val, uh, yeah, I'm driving yesterday. along, an hour drive. Yeah. I'm so excited. I've got my podcast. Mm. I had a mm. cup of tea. I was in my happy mm. place. No one can disturb you. <laughs> had a cup you. of tea yeah, I was having it for the, the drive, car. you know. Love it. So mm. I'm very, very yeah. happy in my car, yeah. driving along. It's a beautiful sunny day, and I'm driving yes. along, and then I notice on the windscreen a spider. A huntsman mm. and I'm like mm. oh that's cool it's on the outside yeah 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 <laughs> it's on the outside that's fine he'll he'll blow away and then mm-hmm. I look again mm. he was on the inside Val oh, so yeah. grabbing onto mm. the steering wheel white knuckling it and it's like um it's kind of a freeway there's nowhere to pull over so I have to like get off and I am just trying to so you could because I've got to keep my eyes on the road eyes on the spider and he's seen that I've seen him and mm. he's made a move and he's run across the, the windscreen and jumped onto the rearview mirror right oh my god and and I'm trying to maneuver my way off and then and then as of like I'm getting off and I've found it like finding a place to pull over and park and he's jumped onto the steering wheel uh. And it's just, but I reckon both of us, because I'm just like driving, got my hand, like eyes on him, trying to get my eyes on the road, just going, ah, and <laughs> pull over. Mm. And then he jumps off the steering wheel and he jumps and he's in the console, then he disappears. Mm. And then I've jumped out of the car, I've never jumped out of a car quicker in my life. Oh. And then I'm like, well, you know, I can't get back in while he's in there. I had to find him. And then I had to rescue him. I had a old coffee cup and I managed to do I didn't kill him I did a um a rescue I used a face mask that I had in the car one of those right. paper ones and a paper mm-hmm. cup and you sort of put the cup over the spider and then you edge the little face mask in and then I took him off and I mm-hmm. put him on the nature strip now and now I'm driving around praying that he hasn't left a family of 20 mm. and, and now I'm like are they motherless now this little because I yes. took the mother spider away was that the baby and then there's going to be a big one coming up anyway that was wow. has that ever happened to the you spider's revenge yeah Actually, Actually, yesterday. What? <laughs> Not in the car, though. So um, at, I was going to bed 
and um, went to bed and went to the bedroom and there was literally, it was the size of your hand. <gasps> the size of your hand and above the bed. What did you do? And I'm like, and actually spiders don't freak me out. Mm. Um, so I'm like, oh gosh, spider, but it's really high up in the ceiling. Mm. So I couldn't reach it. And um, my partner came upstairs and said, oh, look, there's a spider. And then I looked even close, more closely to the ceiling and that he had a baby or she had a baby. Oh, the family. <laughs> there was a, a baby up there as well. Oh, my God. Anyway, my partner was too um, tired. So he just grabbed a jacket and just flicked at the ceiling. The spider kind of just flicked to the floor. Yeah. And he said, it's gone now. <laughs> So did you go to sleep? Yeah, because I'm not actually afraid of spiders. <laughs> so somewhere in your room is the relative of the my spider. Yes, yes, they could be cousins or something. Probably. And in fact, Rex, you know, my beautiful white cat Rex that mm-hmm. looks like a supermodel. Mm. Um, one day he just wandered into the TV. We were watching TV. Um, as calm as anything, but with eight legs sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Probably proudest punch. <laughs> yes, exactly. So it sounds like I live in an arachnid filled place, but I don't. <laughs> I do. It, it is because there's so many trees here, you can't get away from them. But, you know, okay. that's life. So uh, we will talk okay. about photography today. Um, mm, mm, mm. What I want to talk about in the mid sips. In mid sips uh, is the best photography lessons that uh, okay yeah yeah from three hundred episodes. So I just want to share a few of those, and then we do have uh, some listener questions to go into for that as well. So uh, do you have a a standout listen from uh, the three hundred Val? What is it? Yes, Um, without a doubt, it would be garage lighting. There, yeah, for sure. You use that everywhere now, don't you? Well, where it's available. Yeah. <laughs> it's not always available. But the principles of garage lighting, you can apply it in lots of places. Mm. Um, but definitely garage lighting. And for those of you who are not familiar with garage lighting, it's called garage lighting mainly because Gina coined it garage lighting because um, when you are standing in your garage <laughs> in the kind of the doorway <clears throat> with the shutter or, or door or whatever it is that's up, um, you are standing in shade, but the, the door is open, but the sun hits the concrete or whatever it is that, that is on the ground in front of you and reflects back onto your face or the face of your model or subject. And it's a nice, soft kind of diffused light that has come from a very harsh sun and it's beautiful mm. and you can create garage lighting anyway Gina taught me this because if you don't happen to have a garage <laughs> or concrete mm. that that's, that people can that the sun can reflect off uh, one of the things Gina taught me is that wherever you are you can just put like a sheet like a and you have an old sheet in in your car or something put a sheet down a light colored sheet so you don't want black or anything because mm. you need the reflection in front of you and again the sun will go down on that and then reflect onto your face and it's beautiful beautiful lighting beautiful flat soft even lighting uh very Mm. flattering and uh everyone it's great start off point for anyone learning photography once you find that then suddenly all your photos look like they're lit in a studio it's beautiful yeah 
And remember, you don't need the garage because, or even if you don't have a sheet, look for a place like near my office. There, there's no garage, no sheets, um, but you can find places where the model or you or whoever whoever's being you're trying to light stands in the shade, but they're in front of something where the sun can hit and reflect, mm. and um, it's yeah, instant garage lighting. So yeah. that's my. F- favorite yeah that's a good uh, one that's Val. the one i use the most yeah 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 it's, and it shows that um you don't need to go uh super complicated to get great results particularly yeah. if you can see the light you understand how light works uh <laughs> which is going to lead me to my first um big photography lesson from the 300 yes. shows and i think stand out um Uh, from everything that we've talked about and also stand out from all the photographers that I've interviewed over the years would be Mm. that it's not the gear, Mm. it's the photographer. And so, so many of the photographers, all the great ones, can create amazing images and they're not gearheads. It doesn't matter, you know, what lighting system they're using, whether they're uh, masters at, at finding that beautiful daylight and capturing that or they're masters at lighting. Uh, mm. If you know what you're doing, you can make great shots with anything. So a lot, I think a lot of photographers, Val, get uh, hung up. And, and we, I think we all do when you start something new. You, yeah. you, it's like, you know, if you're – Learning to play tennis, you want to get like a world champion, the same tennis racket that a Wimbledon champion or a US Open Mm. champion would use. And, you know, did you, when you started painting, did you look for the brushes that Vincent van Gogh would use or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not when I first started painting because I didn't know when yeah. I first started painting that there was such a big difference in quality. Mm. So I did start off with cheap things initially. Because <laughs> when you're starting out, it's all about learning the technique. So it really uh, – and, and the high-end stuff, go for it, Val. You're going to pour yourself yeah, I'm another. Yeah, I'm just drinking. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> But, but when you're starting out, you know, you need to know um, what you're doing before you actually um, can learn all the skills properly. So it's like when you're learning to drive, if you go out and get the Lamborghini and you don't know how to drive properly, so you're too scared to even, you don't know what all the bells and whistles are. And so you end up just driving this Lamborghini in first gear. Um, Mm. when you don't really understand its full potential. So I think when you're starting out uh, and you can create amazing images with entry-level cameras and um, uh, basic lenses and also there's some fantastic entry-level lighting uh, like the uh, Yongnuo's or the Godox systems that uh, produce beautiful results if you know what you're doing. And also you can work with uh, lower-end soft boxes and the the only uh, exception I make to this rule Val uh, mm-hmm. in terms of gear is yes. the stuff that you're going to use day in day out buy once and buy it well and so those yeah. two exceptions are things like tripods buy one oh, buy yeah. a good one and how many have you got now uh, well, I now have one main one mm-hmm. because that's the one that you recommended mm-hmm. that I get, the Manfrotto. Mm. But before that? A one million. Mm. Aluminium <laughs> ones, the, the $30 Crappy ones. Things. Yeah, yeah, Crappy yeah. Crappy ones. Yeah. And well, I actually don't have them because a certain person in my office 
went on a big Marie Kondo spree. Oh. And um, they are no more. Yeah, well. It was probably overkill that she got rid of them. It was clutter, really. But so get yourself a tripod, buy buy them once, and if you look after that tripod, that'll last you your entire photography career, you know, 30, 40 years because they're that well made. So one investment there. And um, I would say the same with uh, lighting stands. And both the lighting stands and the tripods, if you're smart, uh, look for them online and buy them secondhand because – you get the top quality and buy it used and uh, th- again it'll still last forever and you don't need to you know spend the big bucks there and then as you're getting better with the gear Val and you mm. and it's something that like if you're a photographer and you're shooting and you work your way up to being an event photographer where you're doing events three or four times a week and you're shooting thousands of frames in that week and you know it's it's important it's abs- absolutely crucial that your equipment work at that point then you can upgrade uh, to uh, higher quality, better gear that you know is never going to, um, you know, bits aren't going to fall off. It's reliable. So that's why, that's when you want the high-end gear. You know, if you're taking it into extreme weather conditions or you're going to give that gear a beating. But if you're a casual photographer and you're learning, uh, it's the best bet is to, to buy entry-level gear, buy used wherever you can and uh, learn the skills first mm. ahead of you know needing <clears throat> the high because the all the photography companies um, manufacturers want you to believe that you'll be better with these great greater cameras each year mm. you need to upgrade and if you hear um the sound of me taking selfies of myself in the background that's because i'm taking <laughs> selfies of myself in the background <laughs> with um <laughs> with my champagne so that i can record this occasion <laughs> Good on you, you Val. You love too, a selfie, Jim. don't you? You really are the selfie queen. I've just you noticed that. Like, there was a little lull in the selfies and I'm like, oh, Val's not doing <laughs> enough selfies. But you've picked it up now, haven't you? You've given, given it a really good nudge. I might do a All selfie right. one day. Do you know how many I've done? None. Yeah. <laughs> Should I keep mm. the winning streak? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what make good partnerships, Val. We're opposite. Yes, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, yes. So it's not the gear, it's the photographer. Yep. That is a good one for sure. Uh, mm. All right. So the next big lesson uh, that, uh, or one of my most important lessons is that you learn to peel potatoes before mm. you make souffle. Now, Val, during um, the quarantine time, I got very excited because I thought Uh you were becoming a cook because you made scones. (laughs) I did, more than once. Yeah, but then, and I'm like, oh, my God, Valerie's gotten into cooking, (laughs) but it didn't progress, did it? No, but at least I made them more than once. Yeah, twice. Yeah, twice. Is that how you, th- that's what more than once is, Val. It's called yeah, twice. That's right. <laughs> yes, but they looked good too. Yeah, they did look good. So why didn't you progress any further? Um. Well, be- okay, because mm. um, 
you, it's mm. your fault, actually. My that fault. I haven't, it's your fault that because, I haven't progressed any further because, because. Uh, everyone, Gina is, was has been so thoughtful and I had mentioned to her and, well, really to the world <laughs> that I had trouble finding the Sara Lee Apricot Danish. For those of you who don't know, Sara Lee's a brand in Australia. Um, apricot Danish in supermarkets. I've written to supermarkets. I have searched high and low to different supermarkets. I've written more than once to supermarkets saying, why don't you stock the apricot Danish anymore? Which is, you know, I just really like it. And I discovered that I'm not the only person. Other people had a great deal of trouble finding it. And there's even a change.org petition (laughs) saying, bring back the Sara Lee Apricot Danish. So Gina, so thoughtful somehow finds a wholesaler, a food wholesaler, who not only supplies the actual Sara Lee Apricot Danish, because you don't want a different brand, you want the right brand, Um, not only supplies the Sara Lee Apricot Danish, but actually supplies it in bulk. So one day I got a delivery and on my doorstep with some unusual balloons were, um, was a slab <laughs> of certainly apricot Danish. So that's why I don't need scones, you asked. Right. <laughs> but but I was talking about like cooking savoury food, Val. And, and you mm. know, I still don't understand your love of Sara Lee. No, no offence to Sara Lee, but like honestly. <laughs> I love it. I know, but it's... I had it last night. Yeah. How, <laughs> how, how, how many portions have you got left? Um, I don't know, but um, I there were a lot of portions yeah. in that yeah yeah delivery. Yeah. It's very it made me very happy. It's a party pack, Val. It's a party pack. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. why why what scones got to or seriously got to do with photography? Exactly. Oh, because I'm talking about peeling potatoes before you make souffle, right? Well, and none so of those what things I mean are in by this, The cooking analogy is right. that. Uh, when I was getting my photography business off the ground, uh, for the first uh, year, t- two years that I was out on my own, I had a night job working in a restaurant. So the reason I picked a night job was because um, it didn't. It meant that I could have my days free to, you know, mm. work on growing the photography mm. business. And uh, so I was hired as a cook in an Italian restaurant, and I was trained up from from the base and what i learned from from that experience was that when you Mm. learn to cook you don't start out at the hard stuff which is the souffles Mm. and the filet mignons and all that fiddly stuff they make you Mm. as a cook in the kitchen for the like the first year all you do as an apprentice chef is Mm. peel potatoes and cut carrots so and when you've got the peeling right and they think that you've nailed it you move on to preparing salads and then you might be you know doing the next thing which and preparing salads and buttering garlic bread and you move mm. along and you're not allowed to go to the next level until you've mastered that level that you're on and the same thing happens in uh the martial arts you start at white belt you master oh, that yes. then you move to the ne- have you done that uh, not martial arts, no, not official martial arts. You did kickboxing. 
Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Not real, I did boxing and stuff, but not martial arts. Yeah, right. But you, so you, so you start at one level, and then you stay at that level until you've mastered it, and then you move on. It's a really, I think it's the absolute best way to learn anything. But the problem is that today. We've got, and, and this is how we all started as photographers as well. You'd start with the, the basics and then when you mastered that, if you were apprenticed to someone, if you were a photographer's assistant, you'd start with you weren't allowed to do anything other than make coffee and sweep floors and then you'd be able to hold the reflector and then you might be standing holding the light and then you might be allowed to change the film back but that was like after you'd proved that you could do all these other things right. But the problem mm. is today... The, it, what, what's great and what is a problem about the, all the information that's online is all the information that's online because it means mm. that anyone, and this is in any discipline, you can pretty much look online and go, oh, yeah, I got that, no worries, but without sort of understanding uh, the finer points or understanding why that light should go there. You just you just learn the technique but not not the reason behind the technique. So having all that information is that people are, skip all these steps and just go into four lights but then yes. without knowing what light is doing what. Does that make sense? Yes, makes sense. So that's why, you know, when I'm working with the Goldies, Val, and you've seen this, everyone gets taken back to peeling potatoes. I've even got a gif that I've created where I just go, <laughs> that, that, that'll become a photo comment. It's just like go back to peeling potatoes. And it feels like, and even for, for photographers that have come in and they might have three or four years under their belt, I still take them back to daylight because mm. when you can understand daylight inside out and how to find and see good light, once you've mastered that, lighting, artificial lighting becomes so much easier because what you're doing with artificial lighting is trying to supplement or recreate natural daylight. And mm. images look amazing when... You, can't, you look at the image and you go, I can't tell if that's lit or not. It, it's either they got spectacular light that day or they've lit it, but I can't tell. And that's what mm. you want. You want to be like, you want to have this lighting set up that no one can tell that it's real or if it's, um, you know, it's uh, natural light. So that's why I say go back. And I think, and the good news is it feels like you're going backwards, but it actually speeds up the entire process because everything feeds into itself. I mean, you would know this with um, learning art, Val, that like mm -hmm. you learn one process, but it doesn't mean mm. that, you know, then you take that process into another discipline as well. So like once you understand colour theory, mm. then that applies to all disciplines of art. Or once you understand, you know, the theory, the uh, theory of negative space and mm. it, how to position stuff then that applies to all disciplines of art as well so I think going back and really honing your skills and understanding the basics makes it much easier to move and add skills and then you can add that second light but don't add the second light until you understand until you can light it a with daylight then recreate it with one light and then you can add those extra lights and, and, and then you can... The same goes for how you edit your photos. It's like, you know, going to trying to do um, photo composites when you haven't got the basics down of just uh, the basic white balance and editing. Uh, you've mm. skipped all those steps. But if you get all of that, nail all those slowly, 
um, you're going to have a much easier time. And the other thing is, it's so easy to get discouraged when, you know, say if I wanted to be uh, a prima ballerina, Val, I still hold on to that dream, you know. <laughs> um, and Sure. And so I just, you know, decided to go straight into that lift that they do in, you know, in Dirty Dancing where he lifts her <laughs> The ballet equivalent yeah. of that. First up, I want to do that. That's what I want to nail, but I haven't learnt how to do my, I was going to say pilaf, but I think that's a wine. Do you know any, do you know any ballerina terms? Plie. Yeah, pile, pilaf. P- plie. Plie. What's another one? How do you know this? Pirouette. Oh, very good. And <laughs> that one where they do that thing where they dance on their tippy toes? Dancing on their toes. Is that what that's called? Is that the technical term? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So dancing on the toes. So that one. Um, <laughs> but I go straight to the dirty dancing manoeuvre. Mm. I would be discouraged, wouldn't I? Yes. Because I couldn't quite nail the finish. Mm. Do you know he was injured when they did that, that final one? That was, I think, the last take. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That was the last take. I watched a behind Mm. the scenes on that, the making of that. Brilliant. (laughs) Did you watch that? Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't it good? And they went back to all the locations. Yeah. It was actually really, really good. Yeah. I watched that movie three times at the movies. Now I want to go <laughs> and do that tour. <laughs> yes, when you're allowed out of the country. I think the lake doesn't exist anymore, though, does it? Oh. Where they practiced, it's gone. Oh, oh yes, that's right. Mm. All right. Anyway, enough about so, dirty dancing. Do you think we got any <laughs> listeners still? <laughs> <laughs> You can play your crickets noise now. No. Yeah, they're still That's there. That's not your crickets. Oh, they're still there. Okay. <laughs> Thanks I for think, cheering, I, imaginary I, crowd. <laughs> um, all right. So next next uh, lesson, Val. Mm, yes, next lesson. Um, so a lot of people get hung up on making mm. that image perfect. Or, yes. or, or it's that whole notion of perfectionism. All right, so, and, and I reckon you get this in the uh, writing world and certainly uh, it's rife in the art world, but, you know, mm. the, the whole, yeah, I want to be a photographer, but mm. I'm just waiting for all my ducks to line up. So I've got to get, yeah. uh, to get my website ready. And mm. I haven't quite got my Instagram and I, haven't, I need to write my bio and all the other mm. stuff. And then I'm gonna, you know, start posting images, or I'm, I'll do mm. something about it, right? And so these mm-hmm. are all procrastination t- tactics, really. So when you're trying to be perfect at something, it leads to not doing the actual thing that you want to do, and then mm. you're not doing anything. So it's just that vicious cycle of like, I've got, it's got to be perfect. And even when it comes down to, you know, sharing work, how many artists out there are just paralyzed with fear about like what the whole world is going to think when you share this image and this Mm. sadly stays with people for a long time stays with everyone we all we all have that little fear um i think when before we share something because it's like 
it's kind of like sharing a part of yourself it, because it is. Oh, so, for sure. You know, so it is nerve-wracking, but, you know, mm. you've got to remember that, it, you know, everyone has to start somewhere and it's just um, you've got to put it out because everyone's going to look at that work through different filters and uh you know it's just a matter of not trying not to um be too precious about stuff and just get it out because it's like those tiny little three pixels in the corner that you've spent four hours polishing or you know making sure that the watermark is perfectly centered and all no one notices that. Mm. Have you got anything to say on that, on that perfectionism, procrastination, paralysis syndrome, Val? Yeah, so there's kind of two sides of the coin there. I think there's definitely what you've just said, where you never put stuff out there and people aren't going to appreciate your work or discover you uh, or know that you even do what you do unless you do share your work. And it is very nerve wracking, especially if you're not used to it or you haven't done it much. Um, But by the same token, there's some people who will share even really, really imperfect stuff to the point where you could have just tidied that a bit. You could have just (laughs) cropped that a bit. You could have got your dirty underwear out of the corner of the image, you know. So there's there's two ends of the spectrum. Who has dirty underwear in the corner of their images, Val? Is that you talking about people who who will get up and – this is my this is my thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when people do YouTube videos, right, and they got like something really important to say, but they've left all the cupboards in their bedroom open. Oh, I know. This bothers yes. me. This bothers me. I know. I I know somebody who has done just that. <laughs> just the, exactly that. All the cupboards were open. I'm not even joking. And the laundry exactly hamper in the corner and the pair of undies is hanging out the top, you know. Yes, You yes. can hide that so that it's out of the, you know. Out can of the have, shot. Can have I have like a neat little space. So that's space. what I'm saying. I'm saying <laughs> that, you know, there's both ends of the spectrum. So you just want to be somewhere in the happy medium. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Definitely. So don't overthink it, but don't post any old rubbish even with, you know, lots of... Don't leave your undies in the background, basically. Exactly. It's the peel potatoes equivalent. So I'm going to use that from now on. I can see your undies in the background. So that would be the horizon, not line, not level. You haven't Mm. white balanced it. Just those little things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. So next, Val. Hang on. Mm. I just need to have a little sip. Oh, I'm going to pour some more. Okay. We're here, everyone. We're still here. Are you there, Gina? Uh Uh-huh. Was that a long silence? She's she's having more than just a sip, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think I'll be recording the CCs after this uh, episode, Val. Or I could. I could do two versions for the coldies. Yeah, they could be Drun- fun. Drunk CCs. Yeah, <laughs> Who constructive <knows>? critiques. <laughs> um, all right, so next, Val, on my list yes. of uh, yes. important photography lessons is I think the best way to learn is by doing the repetition, doing the reps. And so I love my food analogies. I also love my exercise analogies. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like to say, so let's say, Val, yes, that me. you decided to get a mm. six-pack. Oh, 
<laughs> the likelihood of that? Okay, good, sure. <laughs> so Val's Especially decided... with all the apricot Danish, but anyway. COVID bloat, I call it. <laughs> um, the... Um, so you decide to get a six pack and okay. um, all right, and you've never done any exercise in your life and okay. you want to get a six pack and so you yes. go and you set yourself up and you do one sit up. Yes. And then you look down sure. and you go. No six pack. Oh my God. And then you I start crying and you're yes. complaining to everyone. It's like, I did a sit up. <laughs> I did one. I wasted five. Is that five, how I'd say it? Three. I did it. I did it. No, that's how I, I, I would say it. I did it. I did. No, you would say. Okay. I did a six. I did one. <laughs> I did it. Nothing happened. I'm gonna go have some seraline now. Yes. Um, and then you were discouraged, and so you gave up because it's like you did that six pack. You did that uh, sit up. Sit sit up. Or or. The other extreme that I see is that that you go, all right, I'm going to get a six-pack. So what they do is they buy, you know, that rack that hangs from the door jam or from the ceiling. They're like inversion boots. You strap strap in your ankles, you hang upside down like a bat. Yeah, like Richard Gere. In which movie? That movie. Which one? American Gigolo. Oh, and he's doing um, sit-ups. Yeah, from hanging mm. from the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and and with weights as well. Mm. So you'd have mm. like um, a couple of a uh, couple of um, barbells, dumbbells in your each hand, okay. and you do yes. and you and you do sit ups. But it's your first yes. time, and so you're hanging there. <laughs> you probably wouldn't get up. You could no, you, you could not. And then, but no, no one's home. <laughs> and you're stuck there and you can't do a sit-up and so what what happens you get discouraged and you go well it's too hard i'm never going to have a six-pack exactly that is the equivalent of someone going out and buying you know the 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 lighting gear the uh, like so buying a you know fantastic flash a beauty dish, which is probably the hardest light to get right, and mm. um, then get your model and get your flashy top of the line camera, and then try using off you know off camera flash, and it all turns into a hot mess. And mm. you're like, there you are, hanging upside down from your ankles, <laughs> not knowing how to do that first sit up because you've started at the at the at the other end of the spectrum so again it's like peeling the potatoes before you make the souffle but mm. val yeah there, there is you've told me about this book is it the prison workout it's called convict conditioning convict conditioning okay yes. and this has stuck with me ever since you've told me about it. and honestly you would have told me about this like 15 years ago probably uh yeah, close. Yeah, and it made such About an impact. The thought behind it, and I've stuck with that. So, Convict Conditioning uh, by Paul Wade, everyone. Good. Um, 
Yeah, we need to and mention him because how to him. bust free of all weakness using the lost strengths of supreme survival strength. And so, just so you know, I think he actually used to be on Alcatraz or somewhere, and he wow. was a convict. Yeah, and he needed to keep fit, yeah. and he devised his own kind of way of keeping fit. And he subsequently released a book that showed you how you could keep fit using only your body weight. Mm. So you're just using the and the wall and the floor and yeah. you know maybe the edge of the bed or something. So just what you would have as a convict, to the point where you can do pull ups and chin mm. ups and obviously sit ups and all sorts of you know one arm and one armed push ups. Like it actually oh, takes like you Rocky. step by step. Yeah, yeah, it takes you step by step, not yeah. beyond Rocky. It's yeah. one arm push up in a handstand. So it takes you step by step of, of, of what you need to build on one tiny, tiny rep at a time till you can, if you want to, get to the level where you're doing a one arm push up in a handstand. This is so amazing. It re- and, and like when you told me about this, I just went, oh, that makes so much sense. So there, I've always thought. At, up until that point, I honestly believed that everyone, anyone who was good at something was already good at that. Does that make sense? Mm, like yeah. it's, it's very easy to look at an elite athlete, a, um, a, an amazing photographer, an amazing painter, an amazing gymnast, a swimmer, anyone who is world class at anything you think well obviously they had the head start and they were born that way but it's not the Mm. case and and I think like another if I can just slide another like lesson in there I think as an emerging artist if you want to um be successful you've got to take care of that internal monologue and I think a really Mm. good way um to do that is to actually learn from other masters in many, many disciplines by reading Mm. lots of biographies about how anyone became successful. And and you start to see that there's this pattern where I started out, I was shit. (laughs) I kept going. I got better. And it took longer than I thought. Everyone says that. It's like, you know, they weren't, it didn't happen overnight. No, there isn't, there isn't, even when you hear about the overnight success, they've just come onto your radar. They've been in the background Mm. busting it for so long and then they have their break. And it's like, everyone has got the same story. I worked, I worked, I worked. I didn't give up. And then Mm. I made it. So many people give up just before they're about to break or they get discouraged by this whole notion that you have to be good when you start. You don't. I was shite when I started. So a quick story here, Val. In Mm. uh, uh, So I was studying sculpture um, to be a sculptor and I only took photography as an elective because I thought it would be a good skill to have when I travelled. And okay. so with it was with this um, approach to just getting just getting a pass so that I, I got through the the university course, um, mm. but but I decided that I really loved it, but I didn't even think I could make a career of it. But I was mm. I don't you know this about me already. I'm so literal. When someone explains something <laughs> to me, I. It, I just take the information so literally that it gets me into trouble. And so I reckon I have learning uh, difficulties because of this. I have this. to tell everyone You can tell story. that story. Okay. It this sums is, it up. This so, is how I think. Gene, okay, this is in my old um, 
my where I used to live. Uh, so Gina came to stay, and then she she said, "Oh, do you have Wi-Fi?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And she said, "What's the password?" And I said, "Oh, it's my mobile backwards." Yeah. <laughs> it's not anymore, by the way, everyone. Yeah, if you so try, try and just sit outside your house and steal so, your Wi-Fi, Val. <laughs> four days later, Gina's like, oh, I can't get onto your Wi-Fi, I can't get onto your Wi-Fi. And I said, what's my mobile? Backwards. Did you try it? And she goes, yeah. So like, E-L. <laughs> <laughs> but I wrote, I had to she write it not, down. I had to write it down, down on a piece of paper and then reverse it. I'm like, this is so clever. And then I'm trying all capitals. I was trying lowercase. I was trying maybe my, M-Y, that that would be. But then do I capitalise the first letter or the second letter? And I stressed on this for four days before I came back. and Because I didn't think I would be wrong in that. I, I was quite convinced that it was my mobile backwards. There's and people so, that are the listening way, that are North, agreeing, by the way. No, no. By the way, North Americans, uh, you say cell phone, we say mobile. So yeah. it's like saying my cell phone backwards. Mm. <laughs> she was writing my cell phone, the words my cell yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's how I think. So when a teacher explains <laughs> something, I will take the absolute literal translation. So that's why... When I try and explain something, I'm always using lots and lots of pictures and lots and lots of analogies because, you know, it's easier for me to understand. So in this class, um, we were taught how to uh, process our own film. So we had to take photos and then take the film out and process it. And so everyone is processing their film and they're pulling the film out of the the canisters there and holding it up to the light to see their images going, wow, look at that photo, wow, look at that photo. And me, I pull mine out and it's a completely clear roll of film. There was nothing on it because it hadn't even, I hadn't even loaded it into the camera properly. So like I botched it so badly. And the other thing that was like through the entire year, the best students always got their photos on the wall. My photo right. never appeared on the wall, Val, the examples <laughs> of my photo. And I just, yeah, so the, my point is you, it's, it's okay to suck at the start. And, in fact, I believe it's the way to be. You don't want to peak in high school at anything. So you don't want to be the one that peaks and that's as good as you get. You want to start slowly, I think, and grow into that role and learn and grow and evolve that way. So it's okay. And then back to your uh the convict convict work conditioning. Convict conditioning. Con- conditioning. So what he says, and this is where I went, huh? I always thought that people <laughs> who did, did that was Scooby Doo. That was Scooby Doo. The first one was better. Um, I always thought that uh, yeah. people that could do chin ups, you either could or you couldn't. Oh no. Yeah. So it's just like, and I and I couldn't. That meant I just there's something wrong with me. But everyone else can do them, and I I will never be able to do them. But he point he gives these techniques where you, you start with you just hang there, and then you start yeah. with just going as far as you can. But you the the the, the important thing is the repetition. So every day yes. you get up and you have another go, That's and exactly you, and right. Val at your peak, mm. this is so impressive. How many chin ups could you do? Well, it still wasn't that many, but I got to seven. 
Seven. Was I saying push-ups too before or chin-ups? Oh, no, I can do lots of push-ups. No, you said yeah, chin-ups. Chin-ups, yeah. But, yes, seven chin-ups of full body weight, no and that's, assistance. And that, that's impressive for anyone. Yeah, I can do none now. Yeah, but that's all right. <laughs> but you got to seven from nothing, you know. And so the same with photography. So, you know, start with what you have, start with the gear what, that you have, and just start and just start by trying to find the light and trying to master the daylight and keep doing it because it's like with the sit up or the chin up if you just um pull up <clears throat> pull out the chin up bar once every month or once every 3 months um mm. it's not going to work and also the other thing and I've been guilty with this on a lot of different projects as well is trying to find oh I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this big project that I've been putting off forever when I've got a three-day chunk of time. Yeah. And then I'm going to do the whole thing. And that never works either because you're never going to have that three-day chunk of time. So I'm a yeah. big fan of just doing a little bit every day and you will be amazed. And we've talked about we've so, dedicated entire shows to that five minutes a day. Doing anything is going to radically change um, and how incorporate it into your routine. So yes. have a trigger. So what I did was I put the chin-up bar in a certain doorway and um, the rule was every time I walked through that doorway, I had to do X number of chin-ups. So that is the – and uh, you had to do it without fail. So therefore you got that repetition up. Yeah, and, um, yeah, that's, that's and really then, and helped. you made it easy. So the chin up bar stays up, and so there is yes. this other um, great book, uh, and lots lots of um, uh, people have recommended this technique. If you want to um, exercise regularly or develop a, an exercise habit, uh, mm. there, there there's this idea that like the hardest thing when you want to get get outside, go for a walk, get outside and exercise. Mm. If you've never done it before, is that getting out the door, mm, all right? So what a lot of people sure. say, suggest if, if that, you're like you're in bed, the alarm goes off and you go, all right, <laughs> I'm going to go for a run and then the alarm goes off and you go, I can't find my runners and I don't know where my yeah. track pants are. I'm just going to go back to sleep and have mm. a croissant instead. <laughs> you can go to bed in your running clothes, right and then you have the shoes at the ready to go at the end of the bed and then they say that all you need to do on the for the first week is get out of bed put your sneakers on walk to the door go outside and then you can come back inside yes and in fact regular listeners will know that i'm currently painting a portrait of um Tim Cahill, who is an Australian footballer who's the highest scoring footballer of all time, and that's exactly what he did. He slept in his soccer uniform. Yeah. And he had his already pristine clean shoes at the end of the bed. And he yeah, would literally sleep in his uniform. Ready to go. Um yeah, so go. with the camera, if your camera is always with you, you're mm. going to use it. If 
the gear that you have, the lighting gear requires a science degree and mm. uh, a membership to Mensa to set up. Mm. It's not going to happen. If you don't have a dedicated space, if, it, if every time you want to do um, a photo shoot, it means you've got to move the dining room table, move the mm. – it's not going to happen. So either make, make it easier on yourself and don't worry about what the background is or just have some sort of – um, system where it's there. It's like the camera's always with you, and the, it, the the flash setup that you've got is very simple. And then you say to yourself, "It's not. I'm not going to spend all day doing this. I just want to do this for five minutes." And even yeah. if you weren't in the mood after five minutes, it's like when I go for a walk. Sometimes I don't feel like going, but five minutes in, I'm into it. Mm. You know, so five minutes in, you'll be into it. And if you're not, that's no big deal. As long as you keep moving forward, you are going to find that your photography will just improve no end. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I've been doing lately, which I mentioned before, is the 100-day project. So if you just go hashtag the 100-100-day project, you'll find people from all over the world, including photographers, painters, artists, whatever, creatives, we're participating in the 100-day project and so you need to output something once a day. It could be tiny. It could mm. be a tiny, tiny thing. It doesn't have to be a masterpiece but it makes you do something every day. I must admit I'm a bit behind. I'm probably about up to day 42 when the rest of the world is on but to day 60. But you're consistently okay. moving forward, Val. You're consistently <laughs> moving forward. Yes. And, it's, it, and you'll be shocked at how much you improve, how much you learn and the results that can occur as a result of doing something with that frequency and repetition. Yep. yep. Um, all right. So I've got another one, but we've got questions. What do you want to do, Val? Yes. Do you want to go on to the questions? Uh, well, how about you do that one very quickly? All right. So uh, the final one is, I think, the difference between – uh, a good photographer and a great photographer are those one percenters and just like being yes. um, aware of that. And that comes down to, um, you know, it's that there are a lot of very, very technical photographers out there, but the photos mm. lack uh, authenticity. They lack emotion. They lack yes. soul. And there are so many, there's so much, uh, this goes for all art. There's so much art out there and you, we're bombarded. But what is it? What is that thing that stops the scroll, you know, that stops yes. you in the track? And it's these one percenters, you know. If you do not care about the subject that you are photographing, that is going to come through in the image. So yeah. photograph the stuff that you love. And I know that uh, professional photographers Often we have to shoot things that we don't care about. I'm not talking about that, but I think it's very important that as, a, as an aside that you are constantly doing um, um, your, your personal projects. That is stuff that you care about and that is that you can inject all of the, the love into those images and that oozes out of every pixel. And it's the way that you um, talk to your models, the way yes. the, the energy that you bring to the shoot, the way that you pose and direct your model. What what are they? How you're feeling is going to reflect how your model's feeling. What kind of background are you looking at? Are you are you taking? Is your is your editing up to scratch? All these little things, all these tiny tiny little details that a lot of people don't even discuss, don't even mention, yes. all add up to giving your your images that extra thing. And it's like maybe not everyone's going to notice, but. 
people don't even understand why they like your photos, but all they yes. know is they stand out years Definitely. and years and years later. And one of the things that Gina was saying is about talking to your models or imposing them and stuff like that is that because I've worked with many photographers over the last couple of decades and and some of them are technically brilliant, absolutely. Some come to mind, in fact. Technically brilliant, cannot fault them in terms of, you know, aperture and exposure and focus and stuff like that. But their shots lack that je ne sais quoi because it ooh, is... <laughs> Ooh, the See, when I drink, just, when I drink when French drink, champagne, you just get all fancy, Val. When I drink French champagne, it just you know kind of flows on <laughs> by out. osmosis. Now, Ooh. anyway, so um, one of the things that I have experienced many photographers do, and look, this is one hundred percent fine if you're say an event photographer because you are photographing things as they happen. You can't stop the prime minister and pose him while he's mid-speech. I've tried. Um, <laughs> yes, I know you try, but um, so you, 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 if you're if you're an event photographer, fine. But if you're doing other kinds of shots, I know so many photographers who are technically brilliant, so that bit's covered, and then they just go, and they hope that one of them's going to be the good shot. But if you take that little extra time to pose or just to suggest, uh, you know, or direct in some way, you don't have to show them necessarily how to pose if you don't want to, but you, but just to suggest that they look to the wall or look to the window or whatever, you will get, you're, you're more likely to get the chance of the magical shot because you're actually doing it with intention as opposed to just going and hoping one of them is the one. Sure, if you take 300, one of them is going to be the one. But you, if you do it with intention, you could take 12 and one of them is the one or even five of them are the one. Um, so I do see a lot of photographers, technically brilliant or technically very good, but the but actually getting the shot is a bit of a crapshoot. And if you think about it, if you do it with intention in the way that Gina has um, often teaches, then that's, to me, that's an example of the 1%. Yeah. And if you can hear a little bit of snoring in the background, that's Gary. <laughs> Sorry. He was really interested with what I had to say. Is no, that what it's you're not saying? what he was already asleep. He's been asleep through the whole show. To um, be clear, he's... Gary is Gina's dog. Yeah, he's very happy, but he's fast asleep and he's uh, he's snoring. Yeah, so it's yeah. Sorry about that. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. To, sorry to bore you, Gary. <laughs> no, it's not you, Val. Honestly, he really. Can I likes just you. say that? Uh, yeah, he really likes he me. So like two you. months ago, I was at Gina's house and Gary bit me. Mm. <laughs> you annoyed him. And all I was doing was <clears throat> he didn't helping like him what get. You said. His... How many um, languages do your cat get... speak? I went to get his ball out yeah, like, well, to anyone help Anyone would get defensive if you touch their ball, Val. Of course. <laughs> you, do you blame him? Um, anyway. Hey, how, how many languages do your cat speak? What do you mean? How many languages? Well, they speak. Well, I don't know what you mean. Because mine as are bilingual. As many as I speak. You're a bilingual. Mine, what languages do they speak? Italian and English. Ah. Uh. Australian, okay. actually. There's yeah, a right. difference. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, actually. I have not tried we'll many test languages. It out. With my... I will. I'll test it out. Yeah. Wait, what, <laughs> how many languages can you speak? 30? No, no. Three? 30. Five? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, have a go. Let us know. Okay. All right. So we do some questions. 
Yes, yes. Okay, so questions. First of all, um, from Thor, well, isn't that the best name ever? <laughs> yeah. That, that's meant to be cheering. Um, uh, hang on. Thor, and Thor Dart, if you join the So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast Facebook community page, which is free to join, uh, it's mm. Thor's beautiful image that is the cover image of, of our page. Fantastic. And it is sensational. He's a sensational photographer. Well, you win just because you have a great name. So Thor <laughs> has said, woohoo, congratulations on this celebratory occasion. My question is, what is the most crazy or memorable photo assignment or campaign you have ever done? You both worked with magazines, ad agencies, something must have stood out. Oh, that's a really good question. Yeah. I have to think about that. So you can well, you go, the, Gina. Well, well, I reckon we do ones that we've done together, Val. I mean, well, I've done true. some ridiculous ones yes. that are just like t- taken me all around the world and it's like yes. I could be here for four days. But I think mm. uh, what would be more fun is uh, <laughs> there's been a couple that are hi- – uh, three actually that are highlights uh, okay. with me. you. So <laughs> the first one is um, the one that we went to we, – we were so young and we were flown mm-hmm. to – I think it was one of our first um, – uh, trips that we did together and we were mm-hmm. flown so to we the done Gold... shoots but not trips yeah yeah uh we were uh, uh, well i certainly was very young you're younger than me but somehow i feel like you you're like <laughs> dog years ahead of me in terms of some things and then some things like when you cook val i just feel like oh yes she's not good at everything <laughs> but this trip we got flown yeah. by a network to cover yes. so valerie was writing the words and i was doing the yeah. pictures i think we were shooting for a couple of different magazines for that event yeah but yeah. It was uh, there was a, a red hot show in the world was uh, mm. Melrose Place. No, at the time, we, did we do yeah. that on the same trip? Yeah, yeah, no, we did several things on that well, trip. Right, but that, so but there Melrose was like Place a, a, a show them. was launching. There was a, an international celebrity in, and mm. that we were covering that, and we did something else. Anyway, we were flown up, and this is the first time I had been on a business trip in my life, <laughs> and I think you were more savvy. Um, worldly than me Val you clocked the the boarding passes and knew just by the seat number that we were flying business I had no idea I was just excited to be on a plane right (laughs) and so so here we are uh and so I'm flying out of Melbourne you were flying out of Sydney but I get on at Melbourne and I um I am in my uniform at the time so at the time my uniform was Doc Martin high boots right Mm -hmm. uh cut off jeans and uh, probably a white T-shirt. So let's just Maybe be clear now. Now. As, as opposed to now. Like nothing's changed. It's exactly the same. <laughs> Except instead of a white T-shirt, occasionally there's a bl- navy. navy blue one. <laughs> no, I've completely changed, Val. It's a navy T-shirt now, so my uniform's completely different. Anyway, so I rock up and they kind of like... I didn't even line up at the business class bit. I, I slept in the in the in the long line, get to the end, and they're like, "Oh yeah, um, ID." <laughs> this was the uh, and uh, yeah, so I'm up the front there with all the guys in their suits, and I got asked, I mean, three or four times, um, "Can I see your boarding pass?" Because <laughs> no one believed I should be there. And then we go, and they put us up in this very fancy hotel hotel in in the gold coast and how many times did they ask us 
who we were and what we were doing in the hotel because no one believed that we were guests there. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, so that was um, that was a lot of fun. And you, mm-hmm. you bought a chair. <laughs> I did. You I bought, bought the a... most ridiculous. Not, not. I'm not talking like a little, co- like a little dining chair or a little stool. No, it was the size of you know when you get a big lounge suite and the and the main the single chair is like double size and it weighs a ton. Valerie uh-huh. sees like, and I'm like, why? It was bigger than a throne. It was a throne. That's what it was. It was bigger than a throne, yes. Mm. But fortunately, because we were had been flown business class, we they were That's... able to put it on the plane. But And the other one, Val, would have to be uh, the trip to Kakadu with you. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, where... <laughs> So, so for those of you who don't know what Kakadu is, Kakadu National Park is the is a giant um, national park in right in the middle of Australia, and it is in the Northern Territory. It is it is literally the outback. It is where snakes and spiders and red earth and Uluru, otherwise known as formerly known as Ayers Rock, it's 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 literally the the desert it's literally the outback of australia where you can see nothing for as far as the eye can see except for red earth and for some reason i think valerie Koo had an idea that we were going to a resort which is where we were flown in and we stayed at the resort at the start and then we went on this outback tour we we were camping we were camping with two young girls that we were supposed to be chaperoning and taking photos of um, and taking photos of their whole trip and it yeah. was in the middle of nowhere and there was and they gave us uh so the, I, I know we've got a lot of um people who are involved in the army that listen but we, we would understand what an army cot is so it's a lot like a bit of um canvas between like the most <laughs> basic of beds that's what we slept on and and no no pillows mm. no one gave us pillows and uh the first night I could see Val lying there. She was there was steam coming out of her ears, and I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing?" She's like, "I'm going to get a helicopter, and I'm going to bust us out of here." You hated it so much because you had dressed for a fight. You had Prada slingbacks on. I remember they were you they were, were so, belly. <laughs> you were so inappropriately dressed for this trip, and um. Yeah, this was you... literally crocodile hunter territory where you, when there was butter, you only had to lift the lid off the butter for a millisecond and it was no longer yellow. It was literally black because all the bugs had flown into it. Not yeah. even for a minute, a millisecond. And we saw this crocodiles. Is... We went down. <laughs> yes, they crocodiles. put us in a tinny and they made us mm. sail, the, the, row this Motorboat. boat in amongst um, freaking millions of massive crocodiles. I loved yep. it. You hated it. I loved watching yeah. you. That was my entertainment. And then, and then I knew. I'm like, all right. That's when I knew this this chick was going places. When we got back to the hotel, the first thing you did was pick up the phone, call the editor, and tear shreds off them. And then, and then you demanded that they comp the buffet, the seafood buffet, because you were so traumatized. <laughs> Because I hadn't eaten in five days because I didn't want to go to the toilet because the toilet was literally a, a hole. hole in the ground. <laughs> I'd refused to eat or drink for five days because I didn't want to go. 
I was so hungry. (laughs) There you go. Yes. Well, that, there you go, Thor. (laughs) Um, They, they were certainly memorable. Uh, Yes. And both Gina and I have had other memorable um, assignments with uh, lots of different people. um, uh, But they're certainly the ones that we've had together. (laughs) But it's been some fun. No, well, it's like we did the uh, bachelors at the Shangri-La. That was pretty cool. Yes, that was, that was fun. There's been lots. Um, Shall we do another question? Yes. Okay. So Megan G has very kindly said, congratulations. Thank you so much for the education and entertainment. Well, glad that we can be entertaining. So question one, Valerie Koo, what app or tool are you using to put your artwork and wallpaper in rooms and on walls to showcase on your website and in Instagram? They look great. Okay. So Photoshop, basically Photoshop. I mean, some things are actual, uh, are real. Like, so it's, there's no app, there's a camera (laughs) because the artwork is on a real wall. Um, But yes, in terms of doing some of the things that are a bit more mock-up-y, Photoshop. So, and sure, you you do need to know the skills to to do that and to put sort of like, you know, the shadows in and stuff like that. But but Photoshop is the the tool. Are you using Um, the tutorial I did with you the other day? You're like, you're getting all these private tutorials. I know. No wonder you're getting so good. (laughs) Yes. Um, And question two, please share stories of when you have surprised yourself. Not necessarily by finally understanding lighting, etc. More like doing or achieving something you didn't think you could do, even if by happy accident. That's mm. a good question. Val? You go, Gina. No, you go. You always make me go first. Well, no, because I, I asked the last um, one. I, like, I, constantly surpri- I was constantly surprised by whenever I had a go at something and I'm like, oh, I did it. <laughs> And and still am like, you know, so it's like the thing is, Mm. Megan, that in my head and I know like I'm not alone in this. You make something out to be in your head. It's always so much bigger than it really is. And then when you actually do it, you go, oh, it wasn't that hard. And it's like this is, you know, all sorts of everyday activities that I've put off or feared or thought they were going to be too complicated. Whenever I just got down and had a go yes. or had someone, sometimes I've tried things and the wrong person explains it to me and it never makes sense. And I've always mm. thought oh, it's me. But you know what? It's not. It's not you. Um, question who's teaching you. If you don't understand something, you're not being taught the right way. I, I believe mm. that. And it's either, and it's something that I do when I don't understand something is I just keep asking mm. until they explain it in a way that I understand mm. or I keep looking for teachers, a different teacher. who, who speak in a language that I understand. Yeah. And so there's people that will teach you in a way that, um, that, that like they're teaching, like you may be someone that comprehends language. I'm not right but you Mm. might be one of those people so when you explain something and I think you are Val definitely you would be like if I explained it you go yeah got it whereas Mm. me you've got to draw me pictures and you've (laughs) got to make an analogy and compare it to something Mm. and then I go okay I get it now I understand you know my Mm. cell phone backwards Um, (laughs) but you know so so I constantly uh, am surprised uh, but the one thing I think, uh, you know, uh, a couple of things that I'm most proud of is like, A, like getting to 300 episodes 
in this podcast is a lot of work in keeping this going. And I mm. think, you know, from when we started, we we did a few test records, didn't we, Val, the first few episodes? Yeah. And yep. how many face palms did you do just trying yep. to get me to not be <laughs> nervous on, on the on the microphone? Like, yes. You know, and many. it just... My head and I, yep. and I would just be... Um, so afraid to slow down and go and and go hang on let me just i i, I messed that up i've got to I, I meant to say this you know in the first few episodes I, I would be too scared i would rush through stuff i would forget stuff but again that going back to that repetition 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 yeah. you find your groove i know we're still very loose <laughs> I, but but it's me that's speaking i don't i I, yes. I can't put this act on for 300 episodes so it's like when i finally um relaxed into this and i found my voice and i thought it's okay to use uh my speak or gina speak or use analogies and all of that so that surprised me and then the same thing with um uh writing books so when i got the opportunity to write my first book i freaked and of course I rang Val and I said, I can't write a book. How do you write a book? And you gave me the best advice that day. You said, just write how you speak. And of course, I took that literally, <laughs> literally. And so now that's how I write. I write how I speak. And for me, that's e- I cannot write like Shakespeare or some great author that I couldn't even pronounce the name of. What's the point? It's not authentic. So I just found that, you know, the easiest way for me to get my thoughts out on paper is to just regurgitate my thoughts exactly. So yes. there are two examples that, um, you know, I've surprised myself with, Megan. What about you, Val? Uh, well, I'll just take a sip of bubbles and you can refill yours. But Megan, um, that's a great question. I surprise myself, to be honest, fairly frequently because I think I have a low bar. <laughs> so, so, but what I what I also have, which I realize, which I really encourage other people to have, is the um, uh, attitude. Just have a go. What do you yeah. got to lose? Yeah. So a lot of people, a lot of other people, may, they may also have a low bar, but they don't have the go. Yeah. And I do know that I have a go, and I don't necessarily have expectations, but um, I just, uh, I, I, I guess I've had a go enough, and then been pleasantly surprised, so that I think it's worthwhile having a go anyway. Um, and so, um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm surprised on a regular basis because I tend to have a go for things that are um, next level. I mm. tend to have a go of you, things you that really I actually... You really yeah. Yeah, that I You're really have no chance. For the seven no chin-ups constantly. <laughs> but you get yes. there, Val, and you do it. It's like it's, uh, it's fearless. I, I admire that in you. And... Um, it, like you get there and you get, you go to the next level and then and, but and, and then the bizarrely the stuff like we cannot predict we who know you so well <laughs> could not even guess at what you do next and it's like when you do we go yeah I'm gonna yeah, win Master right. Chef what's that you I'm go, gonna win Master Chef I would Chef. not be surprised I would love to see you on Master Chef no I'm not gonna scones. win Master Chef no you I'm would have um, the deconstructed. <laughs> Sarah Lee, yes, apricot exactly Danish, Sarah Lee. you know, there must be some sort of um, high art way to reinterpret that. And <laughs> then she rolls say, it. 
and rolls it <laughs> and rolls it again. Layer upon layer upon layer. Is That's that good advertising because that is probably from the 80s. The 80s. And the yeah. jingle probably... is still stuck in my head. Okay. Even after a, a bottle of champagne. I have to say it's not necessarily fearless though. I probably still have equal amounts of um, you, you know show being it. scared. Yeah. But it, but even though I am scared I just go, oh, yeah, just do it. Why not? What yeah. have you got to lose? It's, I, it's Ex- a very much what have you got to lose. Is that your internal so, monologue? What have you got to lose? Yeah. yeah. I'm scared. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But what have you got to lose? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like and nothing. It is. Five and, minutes and, of your time. But, but what have you got to gain is the question that you've so got to much. keep asking yourself. And honestly, so every time I have, and there is that moment, you know, just to, again, an analogy where you're standing on the ledge, there is another ledge, but there has to be a leap for you to get over there and there's going to be a moment where there is no safety net and you're Mm. not sure if you're going to be caught but you've got to make that leap and because your greatest joy is going to be outside of your comfort zone and every time Mm. I've stretched myself and stepped out of that comfort zone I've heard the voices saying you're going to suck what if you fail what if you get Mm. that wrong and again I say well well, I I did this with one of the Goldies who was um, Mm. deciding on whether or not they should take a job which they felt was um, next level for them and they didn't feel like they were ready. And I said, all right, let's talk about what the worst thing that could happen is. Yeah. And I workshopped it with them and I said, okay, so um, I think it was it was a wedding that they were going to go for and I said, okay, right. so the worst thing that could possibly happen is and I listed all the worst things that could happen and I said, mm-hmm. and? And then I listed the fact that this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I, I went on and I did okay, but the positives out of that is I went from that from that experience. Here's all the things that I learned, you know. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, when you do have a go and you do succeed, oh my God, there is no champagne, artificial drug, anything that could replace the feeling of when you nail it, when you have a go and you get it right and you get that joy. That It's like, I don't think there's a greater high on earth than that feeling so when you true. succeed. It's amazing. It's so true. It's worth all the angst. Uh, the angst and I is normal. The one thing that I went for many years ago that um, was just so out of my reach, beyond out of my reach in my mind at the time, um, and I got it. The first person I rang was Gina as soon as I got out of the building, actually. So thank you, Gina, for always being there for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> let's move on to the third question, which is um, please share the moment when you realised you've got this, when you knew you were going to be a pro photographer or a successful painter or a valued teacher or whatever it is. Mm. That's a very good question. Val? No, you go because I did the last one. Oh, it's always <laughs> me first. Um, I want to answer this honestly. Um, mm. On every occasion when I've walked into a shoot with that um, monologue going through in my head, I've stuffed it up. Um You've got this, I, and I'm not saying that I don't have confidence because I do. I know what my, I know what I'm capable of, and I know when a shoot lands in my lap, and I and I think to myself, all right, um, this is something I've done before. This is what I've done in the past. This is how I'm going to light it. This is how I'm going to think. But I never have the, you've got this, and I know what you mean by the question, Megan. But I, I just want to say that I like to go into all shoots with a little bit of the unknown because whenever I've been 
super cocky and thought I've got this. I've, I've usually um, either I've dialed it in um, and that's not good. I don't ever want to... Um, I don't ever want to do a shoot where I'm on cruise control, um, and or I've I've um, let let them down in one way. Not that the client would notice, but I've just looked and I thought, oh, I didn't see that, and I didn't see this. So mm. I do still to this day, every shoot that I do, just have that tiny little bit of uh, nervousness, uh, and I think that's necessary, and it shows uh, to me. Uh, I believe that when you're a little bit nervous about the shoot, it means that you still care. And I've always said that when I'm not um, in a screaming hurry to get onto a computer and to load that card in, to have a look and check that everything's okay and just to have a look at the photos, when I no longer want to do that, I'll hang my camera up. I don't want to do it again. I don't want to be a hacky photographer that doesn't care about it. So that's that's my honest answer to that question. Yeah, it's good to be honest. Mm. Um, I will be equally honest. Um, well, as a successful painter, I have not experienced the feeling you've got this <laughs> because it's relatively still relatively new to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't actually experienced that feeling. I am still learning and striving and, um, you know, trying to be better and all of those things. I mean, I'm doing all those things in other aspects of my life as well, but particularly with painting. As a teacher, I do feel that. I do feel I've got this. I don't think that, as a teacher of writing, um, mm. I've been in the industry literally for decades and um, I have I have real confidence in my teaching and I, it's not that I know everything, but even I know the things I don't know and I know where to find the answers and mm. I'm willing to say I don't know the answer, but you can find out the answer from X kind of thing. Mm. So there wasn't a moment um, it was kind of a period where I realized when that every question that was being asked of me, I had real confidence in my answers or, as I said, confidence that I didn't know the answer but knew where to direct people. Yeah. So, um, and I guess that, and, and that happens through time and experience really and and through testing. So it was, it, you, 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 I only got to that stage because people were asking me so many questions. And yeah. because they were asking me those questions, I was able, I, I realized I was able to answer. So in terms of, yeah, being a, a mentor to creatives and writers, yes, I do have that feeling. I don't have that feeling as a, as a, as a painter or artist at, at, the, at this point. And I think that's a, quite a way off as well. Yeah. So, but they're great questions. Yeah, Megan. fantastic. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, yes. Now, Kerry has said, "Epic milestone, Gina and Valerie and team. My favorite episodes have been where celebratory drinks were included." <laughs> All right, let's great stop and drink to that. Val. Let's just yeah, that. okay. I'm just wait, gonna wait, like, I gotta like pour some more. There's like, I've been drinking so much. Okay, um, are we gonna clink, Gina? Yep. Here we go. Cheers. Clink. Oh wait. Okay. Oh. Okay. Okay. Clink. Yes. Great Giggle Valley. So many of the eps have been inspirational. David Duchemme and Joseph Rodriguez spring to mind. My success has been <clears throat> growth and progress, both personally and photographically. Thank you for sharing any words of wisdom over the years. And currently there are four words I hear when I'm shooting, head forward, chin down. <laughs> My question is, if you could invite three people to dinner... Who would they be and what are you dying to ask them? What a great question. It is a great question. 
Oh my god. Okay. Well, you have to go because you've had a chance. To, I have. I've only just read this question. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I've actually got a, a hundred people that I would want to invite. Um, yeah. But because this is an art podcast, I'm going to stick to um, I think three artists that I would love to sit down with at dinner time. So it would be Leonardo da Vinci. Wow. Vincent <laughs> Van Gogh. Or Van wow. Gogh. Van Gogh. <laughs> Okay. So you pronounce it Van Gogh, Van Gogh, um, and Annie Leibovitz. So wow. I would have them to dinner. What a what a okay. fantastic conversation! Look, they're absolute. Um, they're all goats, the greatest of all time, right? Well, okay, yes. And um, you know, I think I would actually be annoyed that I had to sit with the four of them because so I would ha- set rules for the dinner party, Kerry. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually prefer to have dinner with them one-on-one so that I could really drill down. But yeah. I would love to see how the conversation went with those three people. Um, and obviously I would just ask them about their why. Why, 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 why did you do that? Why do you do this? Why did you do that? How did you get started? Everything that I actually ask every photographer or artist or business person that I've ever met in my life I would ask them all the same questions but why why did you do this and and um, when you did this what happened and what did you say and what's your favorite work of art what is your greatest regret Um, what are you Mm. most proud of Uh, what's your five-year plan those sorts of questions I think yes wow it would just be the dream dinner. I mean, you would be, you wouldn't want to go home. I don't think I'd drink no. either. No, maybe I would. No. I'd be nervous. See, I could blow. <laughs> I might have too many drinks on the way. What the hell do you wear to meet Leonardo da Vinci, Van Gogh, <laughs> and Annie Lee? What do you wear? Oh, now I'm stressing okay. out. I'd Guess definitely what? get You'd my wear hair done. A navy, a navy get, t-shirt. I'd definitely, <laughs> I'd definitely get my hair done. I've got a confession to make, Val. Go on. This week I cheated on my hairdresser. Oh, how? With another hairdresser? I cheated with another hairdresser. There's that's no going like, back, is there? I've had a few sin. conversations with this. I spoke to another I hairdresser. How you're go I back. said, what happens now? She said, you can never go back. It's unforgivable. No. Well, yeah, because it's like sloppy it's, seconds. It's unforgivable. Mm. So that's it, it's over. I feel oh, bad. No. Yeah. And what's the protocol? Are you supposed to officially break up with your hairdresser? Because we've no, been together like for twelve years. You just stop years. calling. You just, huh? you just stop calling. You just, you just ghost them. That's... You ghost them. Yeah. You just ghost. Mm. Now I have to drive a whole different way. Because what if he sees me in the car? It's like what if I get I caught know. at the lights outside his salon? Yeah. yeah it's a I hot know. mess. I didn't think this through. You know clearly. I didn't think this through. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Um, now I'm stressing out about this dinner now. It's giving me anxiety. <laughs> it really is. Where do I take them? Do I pay? I suppose I'd pick up the tab. Well, yeah, I yeah. would. Okay, I'm going to pay. It's my share. Well, I'm not going to cook. Huh? I'm not going to cook. No, that's going to be way too stressful. But like, where do you go? Like, you, you, like, because I want to yeah. be able to hear what they say, but I don't want them to get hassled by paparazzi. Because mm. imagine, like Leonardo, the paparazzi wouldn't know what he looked like. Do you don't think? Do you reckon no he's going to rock up in a um, Renaissance outfit? Would he wear the big hat? Yeah. and Because he was quite a snappy dresser, was Leonardo. Yeah. yeah. And he was hot. Really? 
I yeah. did not know that. Okay. Hot. Like Ooh. hot. Like okay. gorgeous. Like he looks like all these models. You mean like chiseled Chris and Hemsworth ripped. hot? He's Chris Hemsworth hot, but not that body. No. He's like a he's got the uh Brad Pitt Fight Club body. Oh, See, like okay. if there was another dinner party just yeah. purely for entertainment, but Brad yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. There'd just oh, be yeah, yeah. three guys that I wanna um, Look at. talk to. Um yeah, talk so to that's what I meant. Talk to. Uh, talk to. Um, mm. So Annie Leibovitz would be all in black. So I can't wear black because I don't want to look like her, you know, because oh, that's yeah. awkward, right? You don't want to be wearing awkward. the same outfit. No. And Van Gogh, is it like when he's, yeah, so I don't know what he would wear. Well, his poor Swirl. ear. No, 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 no. The ear was later in life. He would have both ears because then oh, okay. he, you'd be asking questions. He's like, what? <laughs> So if you were doing it just for entertainment value, three guys that you wanted to talk to, who would the three guys be? Ah, because just for like, I'm not trying to um, elevate my um, intellect or anything. I just want to just, uh, okay, three hot guys then. So whatever your definition of uh, talk to. So Brad and Mm, two officers. (laughs) What do you mean? Officers of what? Any military. Oh Um, my God. Two officers from no, actually, but in their battle fatigues, cargoes, oh. boots. Have you watched Zero Dark Thirty? You should totally and, watch that. And and redheads. Hey. Oh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay, you. So, well, if you watch Zero Dark Thirty, mm. um, you could not only have Brad Pitt, you could have um, Callum Mulvey, who was in Zero Dark Thirty, who was the guy oh, Callum who played. Yeah, he played the character who actually shot Osama bin Laden. Wow. And um, Joel Edgerton, mm. who played the guy who was like the head of that little unit. There you go. Yeah. Who are your three? Be- which ones? So first, to do the intelligent ones that have something okay. to do with art or photography, okay. Val. <laughs> Without any shadow of the doubt, the first person on my list would be Lin-Manuel Miranda. Right. The c- creator and composer of Hamilton. Uh-huh. Um which for Australians and actually around the world, if you subscribe, I think around the world, if you subscribe to the Disney Channel, um, Hamilton is dropping on the 4th of, I think the 4th of July in America, which will be the 3rd of July in Australia. So we'll be watching it before everyone. Wow. And um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm signing up to Disney just for that. So Lin-Manuel Miranda. And I think I would be asking him... What is it that he does? What's his process to tap into his creative genius? To to tap into well, creativity. Yeah, because he is a creative genius. Oh, he's a genius. Yeah, but it's like next. It's like, do you come from Out this, of this planet? planet. That, 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 these yes. are the three that I'm sitting with as well. Maybe now that you've said that, I would ask them, what planet do you come from? Yeah. Okay. There's that. Yeah. Um. Oddly, I would ask James Corden, because. I think he kind of breaks You're all bizarre. the rules because he is um, British and yet so successful in America, hosts mm. one of the best talk shows, I mean, one of the most popular talk shows in America and yet is British, um, is not, you know, is not a Brad Pitt looking kind of yeah. guy. In fact, is kind of really different and yet is so successful in all of those things um, and is uh, – 
a huge success in musical theatre. Clearly, my next step is not winning MasterChef, but it's actually being in a musical yeah, on Broadway. Yeah, probably. I think you would be um, your yeah. next step, Val, is yeah. in musical theatre, I reckon. Yeah. And so, um, you're going to write the next Hamilton and we're all going to yes, go, yeah, right, right. Yeah, Val wrote the next Hamilton. <laughs> so I would really ask him, how did he, what did, does he think he did to break through, to be in a foreign country, mm. not looking like the, you know, the, the beautiful people in that country, the, 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 yeah, like yeah, it yeah, people yeah, in that yeah. country and, and so on. Um, wait, wait, wait. Third, if you were yes. in car, doing carpool karaoke with yeah. him, mm. what would you, what would be your song? Fame by Irene Cara. Uh, would you do that on the bonnet of the car? Because you would get out in traffic, and then because that would be like a great no, finale. No, no, that would be that would be crosswalk with James Corden. So there's couple karaoke okay, where they're inside the car because it's actually fan. the car stereo Filmed playing. Filmed in a studio, yeah. But um, well, it's not filmed in the studio. It's filmed in a car. Are they but driving around? Crosswalk for real? Yeah, they're driving around. Well, ninety-nine percent of the time. Hmm. Um, so, but then there's crosswalk where they take musicals and they perform them on pedestrian crossings. Oh, so that is that. where you, I would what, what would be your fame. musical? Well, I would sing "Fame" by Irene. Carter. All right, okay, but then you would jump on one of the bonnets of a car because that would 100%. be. And would you? I, I've got it now. I've got the whole move right. So you strut yeah. across the crosswalk, the crosswalk like a supermodel. Otherwise known you know, as the a zebra big, crossing, zebra big crossing. long strides, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you look over your shoulder and you see the the car, and it'd be like, okay, it's set in New York, right? Yes. And it's 1940s New York because that's musical New York to me. It's got to be like okay, a bit Okay, but that's retro. not when fame is. Oh, and fame's in the 70s. 70s. And Set just yes. as cool. The 70s are making a big revival. I'm obsessed with yes. them at the moment. So okay. 70s New York, there's a yellow cab. Yes, there is right? a yellow cab and that's, for sure. that's what you turn and you just in one leap because you're a, like a ballet dancer like Leroy. Yeah, with leg warmers on. Wait, wait, mm. Leon or Leroy? What was the lead Le- guy? Leroy, Leroy. Huh? Leroy. Leroy. So uh, hang on, what character are you playing? you playing Leroy or the chick that plays? I'm not playing Leroy. Who are you playing? Um, the girl, what's well, her name? Well, in the movie it was yeah. Irene Cara. In the television show yeah, the te- it was I'm Erica talking about Gimple. the television show. Erica Gimple. Yeah, so you're her and you jump okay. onto the – but I'm – so now there's a bit of like – it's a bit of flexible because it's like in our imagination fueled on champagne and God knows yeah. what else. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you um, <laughs> jump onto the roof of the, the yellow cab, cab yes. and you do – you know that rapper thing where you spin around on your back? Yes, I do. You would do one of yes. those. Yes, yes. Wait, I would. wait. Better, yeah, better, okay. better. Right. You've walked mm-hmm. across the, 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 the walkway, the, the, the zebra crossing, yeah, like the, the album cover crosswalk. from the Beatles. Um, yeah, Abbey Road. Abbey Road, right. Mm-hmm. Strut across, all attitude, turn your head, see yes. the top of the taxi, do a backflip. Mm, okay. Right? Sure. Land on your feet and then you go into the turtle on its back, spin around, Rap us, you know, break dance Well, that's style. probably something Leroy would do, not so much, you know, the Erica Gimple character. In but you're going to break probably... out of that role. It's a breakout role for you. This is going to be, it's right. called, um, it's called musical fusion. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
All right. Musical so fusion. 70s I like it. and the 80s. You fuse the 70s dance moves with a dance move and you bring one out from the future and maybe okay. you bust one out from the past. Fusion like, you know, Tex-Mex. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In reality, I'm probably more like the Doris Schwartz character, but, hey, I'm going to take Irene Cara and Erica Gimple. Can I talk about my third person now? Yes, yes. I just so needed my... to just expand on that. I've set it all Thank up. Thank you now the third person. for yeah. expanding mm. on that. And let's make that happen next time we're in yes, New York. How about absolutely. that? Okay. Uh, so my third person is would actually be Steve Jobs. And I would ask him um, what drove him to those levels of in his mind, excellence and next level and obsession with achieving, you know, whatever it is mm. um, with his with his innovations and products. He's also from another planet, I believe. Also from another planet. So they're my three. Mm. In terms of what my... What would you wear? Just, oh. Mm. I wouldn't really... I'd probably... Steve's going to be in a skivvy. Yeah, yeah, a black turtleneck mm. for sure. I don't know. I think I'd just do something very neutral and understated because really that's not the point. Okay. Unlike when I invite the three guys over for interview. Okay, so who are they? Um, they are John Bon Jovi. Yeah, of course. For obvious reasons. Who would you do? I mean, who would you talk I love to him. first? <laughs> Hang on, number two, Joel Edgerton, mm-hmm. uh, who's obviously the Australian actor, but he's plays many Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, was recently in The King, was in The Gift, was has in was in Zero, Zero Life Thirty, as I mentioned. Does he have um, a gift? <laughs> Is he gifted? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, and number three. May he rest in peace. Yeah, I know who you're going to say. My beautiful, beautiful Paul Walker, who I love very much, yes. Mm. So, uh, yes, it would be those three. That would be a nice Mm. dinner party too. It would be a lovely dinner party, yes. So, yes, now I'm a bit sad because I thought of my Paul. Well, let's go back to Bon Jovi and... um... Okay, Who's the other one? Joel. Joel Hitcherton, who, mm. you know, I loved before anyone loved. I you loved when he was a no You are very one. good at spotting future talent, Val. I've got to yeah. give that to you. You've spotted yeah. quite a few before they became anything and you had your eye on mm-hmm. him for a very, very long time. Day one. And I, yeah, before no one knew him. Anyone knew him. Do you reckon anyone's still listening at uh, like an hour and 45 in, do you think? We've gone beyond photography, haven't we? I'm sorry, everyone. Thank you for indulging us. Tiggy's in the room now. It's oh. going to be 19. Uh, oh, my God. I know. Oh I should tell the how he was stolen story. Maybe say that on. before. This is, can, hey, oh, look, I told this story last night. I'm not joking. I told this story last night to my friend Nicole Mm -hmm. because Nicole, um, her cat Basil, Mm -hmm. the lady like four doors down is basically nicking, stealing him all the time. And like he'll, she'll cook chicken for him, come inside, Basil will come inside and then she locks him in. 
Oh, all right. Well, so Tiger, who you who you've uh, who who starred on this podcast many many times, he's yeah, yeah. nearly nineteen, so we let him go. Also we, known can... as Tiger. Tiger. I didn't name him. The kids named him. So we, you know, nearly nineteen. Um, two years, two or three years uh, into like so, what's that? Sixteen years ago, um, I and and. Uh, the kids, we'd all come back from uh, a weekend away and uh, we came home and we had two cats at the time and uh, the female cat, Princess, was there and we couldn't find Tiger. And so we're looking, looking, looking and he's nowhere to be found. And at the time, uh, for about the last year, we'd had new neighbours who had been feeding him and he'd been staying there a lot, right? Mm. And so I thought I'd go over to the neighbours and just see if they had seen him. And I go around there and I look in and the house was empty. They'd moved out. So in that moment, I realised, I thought to myself, they've taken my cat. They've taken my cat. They've moved and they've taken the cat with them. That's what I thought. Anyway, um, my kids didn't agree with me. They're like, no, he's lost. We'll look for him. So we looked for him and it was like we put Mm. signs up. And mm. the whole time, in my gut, in my gut, I just knew they'd they'd taken him, they'd stolen yeah. him. So, yeah. um, I don't let go of anything like that. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> so I set my mind to getting him back. And meanwhile, mm. like you know, it's three weeks in, and my daughter, who was like eight or nine at the time, had turned around and said, "Mum, you have to let this go." I think he's gone. He probably got just got run over or something like that. You know, she was so matter of fact. Meanwhile, my son is like, no, let's find him. He's out there somewhere. So I'm like, all right, so I have to find out where these neighbours went. So there was a real estate agent at the house next door and I went around Mm. and I bluffed and convinced him to give up the address. I just pretended Mm. that we were really good friends. We hadn't actually connected. We hadn't spoken but the children had met him and him and they were a couple and told, and they kept telling me the old people that live next door, that that's important for the story. Remember that the old right. people that live next door uh, spend a lot of time with Tiger and they feed him and he lives there a lot. So mm. I convinced, uh, charmed the real estate agent into giving me the, their details and I found their house. They were a suburb away mm. and my daughter didn't want to have a bar of it, but my son was all into doing a stakeout. <laughs> so I think he was like seven at the time. He and I, on a daily basis, would go and park opposite their house like a couple of, um, you know, uh, cops on a, on, a st- on a 1970s stakeout. Maybe we had donuts coffee and we just spend an hour we did a little door knock around the 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 neighbors and we go have you have you seen this cat anywhere they're like no but we'll look out for it i'm like oh if you see it give us a call but you know i'm still convinced that they've got it anyway three months go by and all my friends everyone's saying you got to give up you got to give up i'm like no they've got him uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna catch him anyway we were driving back from somewhere and we were passing but like i I would pass by all the time on the off chance that he might be out there because i was convinced so Mm. three months later driving back from somewhere and i'm like let's i had the kids in the back of the car said let's swing back and see if we can find tiger and i remember my daughter just saying oh mum, you've got to let go (laughs) No, let's let's swing by, my son says. So we drive by. Lo and behold, there they are, the neighbours out the front of the house 
and little Tiggy is by. They were raking leaves at the front of mm. their house, and I'm driving by and I'm so excited. But also, I, when I I said, "Is that the neighbours?" They're like, "Yeah, that's them." And I st- I like stopped the car before I drove in and I said, "They're my age. That's not old." <laughs> <laughs> That's not, and then and then and then I just pulled right into their driveway and opened the door and I said, "Get out of the car!" And the kids both get out of the car and they're both clinging onto my legs, <laughs> like, "Oh no, confrontation!" I was boiling, I was fuming, I was furious, but I held it together and I did what was probably to this day the best Sicilian smile I've ever mustered in my life. I had this big smile on my face. I'm like, hello, my eyes were dead cold. I wanted to kill them. And I said, oh, my God, that's my tiger. Thank you. Because I didn't want to make a scene in front of the kids either. Thank you so much for looking after him for three months. I really appreciate it. And I picked him up. And they're like, he's not your cat. I'm like, oh, okay, let's go to the vets right now and we'll just check the microchip that I put in yeah. when he was a baby. And, and yes. they said nothing. And I just looked at them and I went up them and I just said, shame on you. Shame on you both for, um, <laughs> I said, that those kids have cried themselves to sleep every night. <laughs> Brianna's like, I didn't. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and um, I said, shame on you for taking away a child's pet yes. like that. And I just turned around. And got in the car and we drove home and we brought him inside and mm. his sister, uh, was who we adopted them together, mm. Princess, saw him and they saw each other and it was one of those, you know those romantic movies where they see each other across a meadow and it's all in slow-mo and they yes. they, they run toward, that's what they Aww. did and then they met and they were just they were just rubbing against each other and purring and licking each other. It was the most beautiful thing. And my son said when he saw that he said quick take a picture and send it to them and say don't ever break up my family again oh my god (laughs) and then oh i remember as soon as i got in the car the kids were just like holding on to him in the back of the car i turn around as i was driving and i said never never ever give up Yes. He said, if you trust, you trust your gut. Trust your gut. If you believe something to be true, never give up. And I said, here's proof that, you know, good so things true. happen. Yeah. So there so you go. True. The tiggy story for our 300th okay. F. Yeah. Stalk people. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever cross so me, true. basically. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, yes. Uh, this is why my cats are indoor cats and they... They don't go off wandering. Oh, but yours are so I'm fancy. Paranoid. But I thought, who would steal? He's a moggy. He's just a moggy, you know? Yes. Who would steal? Who would, who would steal a cat? It's just like, people you know. People do. Well, people don't steal do. from me because I will hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. There's no one listening anyway. No one. We could just say anything now. No, we, no yeah, that's What's right. What's your pin so number? Maybe... What's your bank account number? <laughs> no one's listening. Maybe we should end on something you got a code? Like to code do word? with photography. Code word. Huh? Code word to anyone who's listened to this point. What do you mean? You know how we always put a code word at the end. If you're still listening, the code word is, and just oh. post this word to say that you have listened all the way to the end. What? Okay, what code word do you want? My tiger. 
Tiger. Okay, code word tiger, everyone. Yeah. Let us know. Yeah. And we'll be really impressed. Yeah. Because, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we should end with something to do with photography. Jane. Okay. What do you Good. think? Got a suggestion? Oh, God. I have. Um, okay, on a serious go. note, at this time, yes. um, and I know where uh, a lot of countries around the world i think most of the world is trying to gear up to reopen and get out there and you're all trying to regenerate those of you that are making a living out of photography i want you to make a point of now contacting clients direct so i am looking at people's billboards and websites all the time and i'm making notes going oh my god they need new photography they really do so have a look in your local area and you're going to see that so what people do is it's like you think about this when you're looking to hire a tradesman so you need an electrician what do you do you ask your friends does anyone know a good electrician that's what people do with photographers they're not googling you know necessarily unless their high-end agencies are going to go all right let me know who's the best let's get them in but you know at an entry level they're going to go hey dave do you know any good photographers and it's like yes sally did dave's steve-o's wedding give (laughs) get them to do your headshots for your real estate agent and they're shite but they don't know yeah. any better and they all yeah. think that they're, they're, you know. So look around your – think locally at the moment. Mm. Look around your mm. local community. Have a look at the billboards. Have a look at the flyers that come to your, you know, whenever there's elections or, um, you know, real estate agents promote a lot. All businesses are doing photography now. And if you see that it's substandard and you know that it's like that is your skill – Get in touch with them. Say, hey, but I But don't say, hey, your stuff's substandard. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, I'm a photographer. I would love to, like, I, I research the business. Don't go in cold. Don't know, you know, like when you're trying to pitch to a magazine, you want to be pitching to the magazine that you know who their demo is and what sort of photography. Same for a business, you know. Mm. So pitch them. You go, hey, um, I do these kinds of headshots. I would love to photograph you. I'd love to, you know, and that is your way to introduce yourself to them. And uh, you'll find that, you know, going direct because a lot of people are going to drop their advertising agencies at this point because it's an extra cost that they don't want. And you can do direct and then you can set up. I've got a lot of uh, Goldies that I'm working with have set up um, systems where they're they're offering uh, their clients a year's worth of photography at a discount because they're paying them at a monthly rate so that you know that every month you're getting x amount of dollars from these five different clients and so you're working in volume you can offer to give them a discount and then you know that these that you got this much money coming in every month and then you can focus on going and chasing after the big fish so so now is the time to do that get involved in your local community go out have a go follow all the recommendations you know you guys you can do this just stick this out you've got everything you've got everything that you need and if you don't just ask there's there's a whole community of photographers that are uh you know prepared to help you ask before you do the shoot hey i'm about Mm. to do this shoot what tips have you got there's thousands of photographers that are you know prepared to 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 give you a help valerie and i are here to help so you know just go for it and so that is so true with people with 
countries and states starting to open up, people are starting to start thinking about normal life again. So this is definitely the time to do it. Um, this And this next bit of advice is particular for Australians, basically because of our financial year. So our financial year ends on the 30th of June. Um, I need sexy I think... music for end of financial year. <laughs> the sexiest holiday for accountants. <laughs> This is very important, Gina. So in Australia, the end of financial year is the 30th of June. I think in America it might be March or something, but you yeah. can apply this in at the end of your financial year um, in, in your country. But um, with the 30th of June coming up, what you can do and what I suggest that you do do is think of a package that you can um, suggest to clients to prepay. So they may not actually have any need for you right now, yeah. but they want to increase their expenses in order to reduce their tax yes. and if they can prepay yes um a, 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 an amount um then you can still feel you can potentially fulfill whatever photo shoot it is um afterwards this is not tax advice by the way not official tax advice go talk to your accountant for your specific situation as to whether or not um, it's appropriate for you and it depends on whether your client accounts for tax through the cash basis or the accruals basis, but you can always offer this. So, so some of your clients who for, where it's appropriate, they may choose to prepay um, and that's great cash flow for you, but also it's um, something that they want to do to help them with their own P&L. So this is the advice. time to do it because great it's advice. almost the end of, it's almost 30 June in Australia. Yeah. Great advice. Best advice my dad ever gave me was you don't ask, you don't get. Don't yes. be afraid to ask because it's like you never know. That's right. You never know. They might say no, but guess what? Your life might say- change for the better. Yep. But just by having asked that question and I see this, I see this, this is probably the most common um, question I, or, or statement I get aside from what camera should I buy is, yes. um, hey, I saw this person and I asked them if I could take their photo and guess what? They said yes. And yeah. I took their photo and then we got talking and then I got the wedding and then that yeah. turned into this. And that all happens by just having the courage to ask a simple question. Hey, can I take your photo? Hey, would you like more photos? If everyone else is doing doing it, why can't you have a yeah. go? All right, so this is a world record in terms of the length of this particular episode. We have never <laughs> no, done an listening. episode this Tiger long before. Tiger is the key word. If you've listened to the end, let us let know. Us know. Uh, <laughs> good effort if you have. Uh, ho- hope hope you got some use out of this and, um, you know, hope you've got – look, if you want to celebrate this podcast and you want to give us a 300th episode present, the best thing you can do <laughs> is if all of our listeners – subscribed another friend to the podcast just convinced another friend to have a listen or shared it on their social media or just as valerie's like clearing out 15 <laughs> bottles or, or or left us a uh, a, a rating and a re- review on itunes that would make our day yes. because that means that we uh get to help more photographers just like you so yeah if there's anything you want to give us aside from sending us brad pitt um, Jolly Jolly two guys in army uniform. Oh, if God. you are in the army, 
I'll um, <laughs> just email me news at cheatemotion.com. <laughs> and can I just say, sometimes my phone number what? Sometimes Gina doesn't make the best decisions, so I will vet you first. So actually, email me <laughs> art at valeriecoo.com, and I will make sure that the right people get through go past the gatekeeper so gina where do we find you online you can find me at gina militia.com uh that's g-i-n-a-m-i-l-i-c-i-a i'm at gina militia on all social media and if you want to take your photography to the next level uh then check out the goal community you can find that at gina militia.com and just click on join the community what about you val You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. So Thanks for listening, everyone. Two. And thank you so much. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. We hope thank you've been you, drinking Valerie. along Thanks with us. Thanks for 300 us. episodes. You're the best. Thanks, thank everyone. Thank you, Gina. Thanks, Likewise. See you guys. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.